the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. It is Thursday. It's the date day edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And as you know, this is a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your Bible questions, church questions, questions about stuff going on in your life. All you need to do is provide the phone call, 210-340-9585. That's 340 340- 9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And remember, if you are driving in your car, we just got hit with a huge rainstorm, so it's dangerous out there. Please um, uh, be careful, but use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Paula, thanks for being here again today. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. You have a standing invitation. Well, Thank you for inviting me with the, sta- with the standing invitation. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, a couple of things that I know is on your heart, and I've got a question to ask. But beyond that, we've already got somebody waiting on the phone, so let's go there first. Okay. We've got Jacob from San Antonio on line one. Jacob, thanks for calling early. You're on the air. Hey, well, thank you. I always appreciate calling you. And, and um, Paula, good to see you guys. Or good to hear you guys. Thank you. Did I say the right name for your wife? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, the sure. one and only. <laughs> Praise um, the Lord. Well, I'll try to make this very condensed as much as possible. So, um, dear, dear friend of mine, uh, his, his wife had an affair with somebody within the church. Um, both were part of uh, leadership of this church. They left their families to pursue their relationship. Um, so both of them left their families to pursue their relationship. Uh, they eventually got married. And uh, now they are, about four years ago, at this church, uh, actually being allowed to come back in and serve. Now, with all of that being said, even if they weren't serving in the church, what would true repentance and reconciliation look like in that situation now that they are married themselves to each other? And wow. I'll take it off the air and we'll take any advice you can give me because I'm, I'm trying to be there for my friend as well without letting emotions take over uh, me being there for my friend. Yeah, Jacob, God bless you for your heart, for your friend. He is in a position of of desperately needing a friend right now, a godly friend. Um, you know, th- there are some circumstances that are so painful um, that um, um, tie, complete ties have to be cut. Uh, I can only tell you if this happened in our church, and 
Um, you know, this is an, an area where every one of us really needs to be careful because the enemy's always looking for opportunities. Sin like this doesn't happen quickly. There's always a process, and uh, the Holy Spirit's always trying to bring us back in. But um, our hearts get hard, and we want what we want, and and we pursue it. In in this particular case, uh, I would not allow those people to come back to my church. Married. Um, I, I would, you know, obviously all sin can be forgiven if they were truly repentant. And, and, and you know, I think true repentance in a situation like this would require uh, both of them to go to their families and confess their sins, not just that we did it, but, but we're sorry for the pain it's caused. You know, once they remarry, you can't undo that. That just makes things worse. Uh, but I would not, out of concern and care for the families that were left behind in the church, I would not allow them back in the church. I would, I would tell them, um, God bless you. Go, if you're truly repentant, go find another place where you can grow. But this isn't the place. You've caused too much damage. Now, I've been accused of being sort of hard-nosed about that. But the key in your description is you said these people are in leadership. And who much is given, much more is required. And we are accountable. That's why James says, not many of you should seek to be teachers, for we stand the stricter judgment. That means that we're obligated to, to live what we're preaching to others. And in this particular case, the damage is so extensive. There, there, there are people who are left behind uh, so desperately hurt um, that uh, I think leadership in this situation, they've forfeited their right to be back in the church and serve. Um, the, the pastor, the, whoever the, the senior leader is of that church, um, um, really isn't thinking about the people that have been hurt. Uh, he's thinking more uh, maybe about the asset. Maybe, maybe he just honestly wants to give grace and, and uh, bring people to a place of restoration. But, but when people in leadership cause this kind of pain, um, I think they disqualified themselves in that place. Paul, do you have anything you want to add to that? No, but it just seems like, well, I say no, and then I talk. Yeah. Um, you know, we've been praying for the lost, the hurting, the hungry, the broken, the needy, the confused, um, the fearful, now the angry. Um, they're all sitting in our churches. And um, when the leadership makes the sheep fall, um, uh, I'm in total agreement with what you're saying, Ron. Yeah, there's just there's a cost to pay. Yeah, and, and, and Jacob, let me say this, personalize it a little bit. Uh, I would uh, expect that if I were caught uh, in uh, an adulterous relationship, especially with somebody in the church, uh, I would forfeit my right to become a pastor again, uh, not just here but anywhere, and. Um, um, you know, it's it's um, you've got this gift. You want to use it, but uh, when you had it, you abused it and took advantage of God's people. And uh, and again, we have to remember we're, we're supposed to help people through their pain, not cause people their pain. And uh, I think that's what you kind of share with your your friend if he is still in that church. Uh, and is not uh, completely offended and ready to leave, um, sit down and talk to him. But I think as a friend, one of the things that you could do is set up a meeting between the pastor of the church and this friend who suffered so much as a result of the uh, unfaithfulness. Um, I think that pastor needs to be confronted gently and in love, but confronted with the amount of pain not only that was inflicted upon him, but now is being re-inflicted on him again by allowing this uh, husband and wife um, back in, into a position of, of serving in the church. I, I, I just can't imagine. So, Jacob, uh, I'll be praying for you and your friend. This is a, a really, really tough situation. We want to give grace. We want to give grace. I believe, actually, I could teach the Bible again, but I just couldn't do it from the role of a pastor. Uh, God's gifts and calling are irrevocable. But when we disqualify ourselves and cause this kind of pain, that's exactly the opposite of what God's asked us to do when he called us into the ministry. So, Jacob, thanks for calling at the beginning of the program. For that, I want to take a little bit of time for it. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. Paula, now it's Thursday. It's all you. I know. Thank you so much. Well, first things first, 
I would love to talk about our Calvary Kids Vacation Bible School that's coming up. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's free. I think we, you know, pretty much everything we do here is free. That's why we're still in our our building. <laughs> our building is cute. How's that? Um, but it's free for the kids, I think, pre-K to sixth grade. And it's from... Um, Nine to noon, starting next week, the twenty sixth to the thirtieth, so Monday through Friday, and man, oh man, you know I'm on the dance team, Pastor Ron. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, are, which grade are you actually in? K through six? Which, which are you the one of the sixth graders? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm one of the kindergartners, really. <laughs> but uh, I'm in the senior. Like I, I just. I couldn't get. I couldn't graduate, Pastor. Well, I wasn't smart enough. So I get these kids. I get to hang out with them, and we get to dance on on next Friday night. Um, but yeah, it's called dig. Uh, is a is a theme, and if you dig, he will be found by you. One for salvation, and if you're already saved and you dig deeper, more of Christ will be revealed, and you'll you'll have courage and confidence, I should say, to be able to go out and share your faith with many, many others. So it's going to be a fun, a fun time. And the kids always, you know, bring your, bring your neighbors, your coworkers, kids, you know, people in the summer, they, they, they try to find places for their kids to go and, and taking them to um, our Calvary Kids Vacation Bible School is one of those great places. So feel free, the kids get snacks probably get lunch, you know. They're always eating, seems like. <laughs> so please feel free to bring your, your kids pre-K to sixth grade. Anyway, so, and then, sweet summer devotion. Oh, yeah, Sabina, our, our I can't call her a baby because she graduated from, you know, our, our academy here. and She, she had a grown-up message. She really did. She really had a grown-up message as a young lady. I she was talking the whole time. I'm thinking, when I grow up, I want to be just like her. <laughs> I even told her that. I want to be just like you. She was amazing. She's been here her whole life, you know, here at Calvary Chapel, San Antonio. Yeah, it's, it's, it's cute. When I, when I listen to it, she started off saying, my name is Sabina Croft, and I've been coming to this church for 18 years. Yeah, and she's 18. <laughs> and she's 18. <laughs> uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so cute. Um, it was cute when she said she knew she was saved at six years old. She knew it. Um, That's what happens when you teach the Bible, even to kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she's special. Yeah. Um, and she said her dad came in the room one night, you know, he's going to kiss her goodnight and stuff like, Mom's in the kitchen washing dishes. And, and, and for some unknown reason how it happened, Dad led her to the Lord. While the mom was in the kitchen, she was so mad. <laughs> Why didn't you come get me? It's, you know, it was so, so cute. But, yeah, she said watching her parents um, serving her whole life, you know, that she started uh, serving at age six. So she gets saved, you know, and she knows as a Christian, we all got that gift because we heard it. All. <laughs> we heard it Sunday. We all got the gift of serving. So she started serving at age six. And I don't know. She said, I think they forced me to serve. And I don't know if I would have. And she said, no, I would have. <laughs> she just, that's just her, you know. And so it, she just did a great, great, great job. Um, she says her, her parents, you know, served uh, teaching the two and three-year-olds for 10 years. You know, just amazing. And then her parents have now started the adoption ministry. And they're serious about that. They adopted three. Two two brothers. Two brothers, yeah. So, anyway, her dad has been teaching here at the academy. I did not realize for 13 years. Wow. And now she teaches pre-K and kinder. And now she's able to serve alongside with her little brother. Just, you know, she's my whole life has been here. Yeah, so it was really cool. And, the, and she says, you know when you teach, you better be on your game because the kids really know more than you do. <laughs> they will, and I know that to be true, they will call you out in a minute. Um, but she says, when you serve, the Lord always blesses. And when parents serve, 
kids usually follow. And so, I mean, she just, she's been listening to the Bible yeah. and Pastor Ron teaching for 18 years. Cause, for her whole life. For her whole life. Because so, this is what we teach, you teach all the time. Mom and Dad set the example. Mom and Dad set the example. You know, Your Paul, Jesus yeah. has to be attractive. You know, in, in our church culture, often it seems that moms and dads think their responsibility ends with making their kids go to church. And and that's not it. You've got to be the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a family or is a family from, from the beginning to now. Yeah. This is a family that has family devotions, but it didn't stop there. Each each person in the family is in their Bible. In the Q&A, you, you were telling me, so which we don't record, yeah. um, she, she said uh, to, to, to adults in the audience, parents, make your kids read the Bible. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds harsh, but make them read the Bible. Mm-hmm. And, and there was a time that she had to sit down uh, every day and, and read the Bible. Just, just discipline. Mm-hmm. Teaching her how important that was. Yeah. And um, now she's still doing it mm-hmm. after all these years because now she's not she didn't have to do it mm-hmm. but she does it because she she knows Jesus yeah. and, and wants to wants to and you know we parents don't do that we take them to church we drop them off in the children's church or at Sunday school depending on where you go to church and then we think okay I've done my part and and that's not even close to your part yeah. your closest to living at home um, let the Lord speak to you. Um, um, to, to, and then through you, leader of the house, whether it's a dad or a single mom, to the to the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what what the writer of Proverbs says when he or means when he says, "Train train them up in the way they should go, and in mm-hmm. the end, they will not depart." Mm-hmm. And uh, Sabina was just a good example of yeah, that. Yeah, she's so cute because she did. Um, she says, "I don't have a transition. My, you know, my message is just my message." <laughs> she she had a I think it was a four point sermon. Uh-huh. But she she didn't couldn't transition yeah. from one point to the next. Point number one, and then yeah. okay, you got that one. We got to move on to point number two. You know, kind of a thing it was so cute, where she was saying it from Second Timothy two twenty two, the flee and pursue, flee youthful lusts, and pursue the Lord. I love that. I, I know. The, the, the way she put it, mm-hmm. and she said, you know, be active and purposeful. You know, just to say, you know. I should do this, or one day maybe I will. No, today you need to do this right now with great purpose, active purpose. And that she she shared her her struggle. She had started falling away from the Lord and um, getting caught up in what a lot of teens do, you know, looking at and, and listening to the wrong things. And she said, uh, Proverbs 15.10, she goes, because... You know, I read the Bible. My parents made me read the Bible. Proverbs fifteen ten. <laughs> she said, I came across this, and, it, you know, I had read it before, but it came to my mind. Proverbs fifteen ten says, Stern discipline awaits anyone who leaves the path. The one who hates correction will die. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I tell you all the time, I love, you know, conviction. She, yeah, she, she saw her mom and dad, because that's yeah. exactly what her, just cut and dry. This is the way it is? That's where it is. <laughs> that's right. And no... Like you say, don't play patty cake with your sin. And so, stern discipline awaits anyone to lose a path. The one who hates correction will die. She said, I took that seriously. <laughs> but anyway, it was, she's so cute. But active pursuing cleanses you. And the only way you're going to have an active pursuing and hearing Jesus talk to you, because he disciplines those he loves. He doesn't want to discipline us sternly, but he will because he loves us um but it's a personal relationship if, if you know in the q a afterwards uh, people were asking so how did you how did you flee and pursue she said one way my mom took away my devices at night <laughs> this these these are parents who are heroes to me oh yeah because i most parents wouldn't even suggest taking away Mm-hmm. Their devices. Yeah, because the kids say, it's my phone. Yep. Hello. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm paying yeah, for it. Yeah. I'm the one who drove you over there to the Apple, the iPhone store, whatever it is, to get this thing. And I'm the one paying the bills. You're borrowing this. I'm letting you use this for a little bit because 
Hopefully, as soon as you leave out of here, you'll be you buying your own phone. But anyway, okay, as you yeah. said. And parent, parents don't realize how dangerous that kind of unlimited, unfettered access is yeah. to a teenager, male or female. Yeah. You know, we think of boys looking at pornography and things, but but uh, there's all kinds of traps that, that can be people can be drawn into. And young people are not uh, emotionally or psychologically mature enough yeah. on their own. They need help and yeah. control yeah. and this is a mom who said okay thanks for confessing your sin or mm-hmm. confessing the danger you're in mm-hmm. here's what we're going to do mm-hmm. there was that's that's active fleeing yeah. right there yeah yeah and she's so cute she said uh, yeah my mom took away my devices at night and she did say that you know she saw some things and they tarnish you and she says i can't get those images out of my mind the devil won't let me he won't and and the devil plants lies all the time and reminds us of our sin, reminds us of where we've been, and yet she knows she's been forgiven because she confessed and, and is cleansed, and she knows she can take every thought captive now and make it obedient to Christ. But uh, sin has consequences. And and so for parents, protect your kids, plain and simple. And then she talked about no transition. Okay, you got that one? We got him. <laughs> Number three was so cute. She said she had her her plan worked out. She had it worked out, but it wasn't it wasn't working out, you know. And then she said, "Maybe I should ask God what He did." <laughs> <laughs> I, I was dying laughing. It was she just was so cute because she's only eighteen, and this is her testimony up to age eighteen. But how many women in the congregation was listening who's not 18, way older, and going through the same, exact same things, you know? And so age doesn't matter. Maturity doesn't mean um, just because you're 40 or 50, you know more. Um, you know what you do. And if you're doing what you think and it's not right and you know that, then we need to all grow up. So, um, and then number four, she said, this is the main one, and then I'll, I'll leave you with this, but it was the wheat and the tares, and she read the scripture, but she said the highlight is when the fruit started to show. Either you're a wheat or you're a tear, and the fruit always shows. And um, she said some people think they're saved, but they're not. And Pastor Juan always says this, the proof is in the pudding. (laughs) You can say something all you want to, but if your life doesn't match up with the words you're saying, then you're a liar and the truth is in you. She was talking sadly about some of uh, her friends, people that have been in this church for their whole lives or a large part of their lives Mm -hmm. as well, Mm -hmm. um, who the minute they, they were able to be free from the control of their parents, you know, they went off and did did uh, sinful things, and and um, you know, um, we don't lose people. Jesus doesn't lose anybody, but it's it's with that first taste of freedom we find out who we really are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I loved her heart for the people that, that she loves and yeah. cares about, but who have made the wrong choices. Yeah, yeah, you could tell she and she felt kind of um, did a little guilt about that because she was confessing that she hadn't really shined her light for Christ. You know, being a young kid, uh, sometimes it's like, oh, you're just too holy for us kind of a thing. And so she kind of dimmed her light. Um, And then she started questioning, well, do I really believe Jesus? You know, that kind of stuff, because the enemy and the influence in this world. That's why parents and godly friends are so important to say, no, you know what you believe. You know that Jesus is the, the way, the truth, and the life. You know all that. Don't let the world drag you away. And so when she's got great parents, like you say, they've set the example and they're like, no, I'm watching you. Something's changing in you. And she said, I did not want my parents to find out, but God knows everything. So anyway, yeah, she was, she admonished all of us, all of us. She says, if you're proclaiming your faith, live it out. Others are watching. Others are watching you and me. Others are watching Jacob's 
friends over there and what are they seeing? Are you a wheat or are you a tear? Yeah, you know, coming from an 18-year-old young woman, um, that stings uh, a lot of adults. Mm-hmm. But 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 it, it needs to sting. Yeah. It really needs to sting because we're not who we say we are. We're really what we live. Yeah. And, and Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. It doesn't mean anybody does anything perfectly, but what it means is that we want to be perfect. Yeah. We want to be more and more like him. Yeah. Uh, I, and I really appreciate the, the, the Q&A part that you kind of filled mm-hmm. me in on afterward. Here's one of those questions. The very first question was, you know, when you have a friend who's inappropriately dressed, you know, the blouse is too low, the skirt is too short, um, what do you do? And she said that's kind of a, a parent, a parental matter. Um, and so... You know, parents, you know, that's kind of a, and then and then it's also a, a matter between them and God. But what I said is, Mama, if your girls are advertising all their stuff, you need to be their mom and not try to be their girlfriend. Mm. Because you're saying, here I am, take me. Well, we'll finish, we'll, we'll continue this on the other side of the break, Paul, and whatever else you've got. We've got 30 minutes left in the date day edition of the program, 340-9585. We'll be back in two minutes. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of our date day edition of the program, 340-9585. We love any calls, comments, or questions that you have, especially for Paula. Paula, what's up? What's next? Before we go on, I wanted just to say something to the parents, too, because um, though Sabina was, is raised, has been raised in a very godly home, um, she still had to make the choice to follow the Jesus that she knew. She still had to make that choice. And, you know, so many, so many parents who are doing what's right um, don't get that benefit even though that scripture just says, train up a child in the way they should go. And in the end, and that's the prayer, in the end, they will not depart. But if you don't set a good example, they don't have that shot. But anyway, a lot of parents can raise three, four, five kids the exact same. And every once in a while, there'll be one or two that go the wrong way. And so I don't want anybody to have the impression that if you do everything right, your kids are going to turn out like we're talking about Sabina. And um, the one thing that in the Q&A, one of the young girls said, thank you so much for bringing up your struggle. Because had it just been, I've turned out to be a perfect kid and all that kind of stuff. Um, she says it helps to know that you have struggled too. And, and you say this all the time. You know, we have this propensity for sin. And people will come up and say, you know, I'm struggling with this. And you always say, that's good. You keep struggling with it. It's when you give into it and put your hands down and say, I'm not just, I've just given into it, is when the enemy has really taken you over. And so um, it was, I think, kind of applauded. Thank you for sharing your struggle, but thank you for sharing the struggle and how to flee and pursue. You know, Paul, freedom is is a dangerous thing. Um, God gives us free will, and um, it, it's like uh, Adam and Eve being given um, more than one tree, um, but they had to choose. Yeah. Um, you know, just just one was forbidden, and that's the one that they gravitated toward. Mm-hmm. Um, when 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 kids that are raised in Christian homes taste that freedom for the first time, that's their tree of choice. And they've got to decide, okay, am I going to eat at Jesus' tree or am I going to go to the world's tree and eat of it? And the truth is, many, 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 many of them 
uh, make the wrong choice and they suffer and they struggle, but with the foundation of, of, of Jesus in their hearts, um, with an example of parents who loved him and actually lived a, a godly life, uh, a, a life of joy. Um, with that, the Holy Spirit's always going to be out there trying to bring him back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's the hope and that you guys keep on praying. Anyway, I was so excited to come to church last night, you know, because last week, Pastor Ron, you got sick. So I didn't come to church because I was home taking care of you, making sure you were okay. But last night we got to finish Genesis, and chapter 50 is like my favorite. So it was so good. And you were so cute because you were talking about, we're in our, we've done 62 studies in this. And what I tell you this morning, you try to do 63 because you were like an hour <laughs> of teaching. You were on, Pastor Ron. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've got I've got a talk too much problem. So. No, 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 no. Um, but you couldn't break that that chapter in half or anything. It had to be taught in its completion. But yeah, I, I could have said less. Well, <laughs> and still finish the chapter. Oh, I'm, I'm trying a, to be nice. Yeah, Pastor I know. Hmm. Okay. But yeah, you started off, and I was like, "Wait a minute, wait, wait! Why are you starting like this?" You said, "If you're going to walk with Jesus, you must ready be ready to endure much ridicule." Come on, get to the part where <laughs> I know you meant this for evil, but for good, the same to me. And so that's what you started off with, which was cool. But um, you're telling us what not to do by giving the examples in the Bible of Abraham, you know, idolizing his baby and then um, don't squander the opportunities that God gives us, you know, like Isaac did and uh, don't do your own thing like Jacob did. And he finally, he finally won by losing. But man, I don't want to be taken down, Pastor Ron. My my hip hurts on its own. I don't want the Lord to touch (laughs) my hip and cripple me for any reason. But then, you know, we want to be like, like Joseph, trusting God, no matter what, not becoming bitter, you know, instead, in the midst of all the trouble, that's my, I could, I've already failed, you know, <laughs> I have failed so many, he remained faithful, kind, and persevered, trusting God, man, I think that's why Genesis 50 is such my favorite, it, it, it almost feels to me like it's unattainable, and I know that's not true because I have the Holy Spirit living in me, but, boy, that flesh battle is something. Yeah, that that struggle of, oh, man. But, but look at the difference just between Joseph and his father's life. Um, the, the characteristic of Jacob's life, and this is one, one thing, this is our third time we've taught through Genesis in, in our years here. Okay. And uh, I, I always like focusing on the people because they're so real. Mm-hmm. Um, the characteristic of Jacob's life was giving in to his flesh. And the characteristic of Joseph's life was resisting his flesh. And one, as a result, ended up wrestling with God and ended up with years and years and years of, of pain and difficulty. And the other one, Joseph, of course, um, he, he trained himself um, to, to focus on the goodness of God. And when he did that, he ended up finding favor even in the worst of possible places and and Joseph Joseph saw the power of God in good times and bad and he had plenty of bad times mm-hmm. but again that characteristic of their lives the father his characteristic was well I'm going to try to do things my way God stay close if I need you Joseph said no I'm going to stay close to you no matter where I'm in. He didn't get embittered against God in prison. He didn't get embittered against God when his brothers sold him into slavery. Uh, he thought they were going to kill him. Um, he, 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 he trusted God. And, and God's hand, working behind the scenes, was evident through it all. So I think, uh, Paul, he, it just, Joseph is the best possible way. You know, a third of the book, um, almost a third of the book is is devoted to Joseph, and yet he's the character that we don't really think a lot about. He's the one we want to be like, but he's not the one that we think a whole lot about. Well, well, I've been thinking about him a long time, and just even as you're talking, you know, <clears throat> being a Christian for 
as long as I've been, you know, old, um, and third time through Genesis, but reading God's Word and trying to, you know, you're putting it into practice, as Paul says. Um, you do get to that place where you can feel the Holy Spirit training you, you know. Don't be mad. Um, don't say this. Take that thought and make it obedient. Remember, Paul, that people are the way they are for a reason. Get the backstory, you know, kind of a thing. Don't just jump to conclusions and stop judging people, you know. But you get that, you get that as you read the word because the Lord says, you know, why don't you check your own heart first? Get the, get the beam out of your eye before you go spit, honey. And so you, you learn just like I'm sure Joseph in prison or, you know, in that pit, I'm sure he had some things he had to work out with the Lord too. Yeah. Okay. You you let me be here, Lord. What do you want to teach me? Keep that thought. Let's go to Jimmy on line one from San Antonio. Jimmy, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Yes, sir. Um, how y'all doing? We're doing well, Good, Jimmy. Thanks. Okay. Uh, Matthew five twenty seven through twenty eight. It says, "If a man looks at a woman with lust, he has already committed adultery." So. I'm just referring to what the caller said earlier. I've seen it a couple times in the church already, in my Christian walk. And I see the pastor having an affair with the secretary and whatever. But you know what God has showed me? Hmm. In time, he says, you need to forgive and go on. And um, because I am not perfect. You're not imperfect, and I forgave you. And I said, yes, that's true. So, <clears throat> I mean, it's going to happen more and more. You're going to see it more and more as we're heading through the end times. And um, it's like my wife says, the devil never sleeps, Jaime. I said, I know. But we, gotta have, we have to be on our guard and, and put the armor of God on us. Because the devil will come and tempt us. He will, and he will, and he will, and he's not going to stop. And um, that's all I wanted to say. Thank you, Jimmy. Appreciate it very, very much. The only thing I'd comment, Paula, is is that we've got to walk that line between understanding that the devil wants to destroy us, but that there is a greater power that lives in us that, that keeps us from having to be destroyed. We don't have to be victims. And I think in, in the case that our, our caller Jacob was was um, um, expressing concern over was um, in, in church, we often re-victimize victims. And, um, and yeah, we, we don't want to hold on to unforgiveness, but at the same time, we don't want to be reminded every Sunday in church that uh, the woman my husband left me for, the woman, the man my, my wife left me for, is now in church with her. And, and um, um, that was the, the, the thing there. Forgiveness and accountability are two completely different things. Appreciate it, Jimmy. Thank you very, very much. Let's go to Jeff on line two. Jeff, thanks for calling. You're on the air. I tried it, and it was awful. What? I mean, no, well, I mean, I heard it in church, so either I'm totally gullible or I'm not discerning, but he said, today is National Caviar Day, and then he said, today is National <laughs> Ice Cream Day. So I stopped at HEB and bought a jar of lumpfish, lumpfish caviar and a half gallon of vanilla ice cream, and they do not go together. I'm just Jeff, next time I'm going to give you a public service announcement. That's public service announcements. Don't listen to anything that our announcer says. (laughs) (laughs) When I was a kid, I went to this ice cream place. You remember on Foothill? And they had dill pickle ice cream. It was dill pickle pieces in vanilla ice cream. That's bad, too. Oh, no. That's crazy. I'm sorry. Well, that little Sabina, little Sabina was going to be an orthodontist, and then she's going to be a, a farmer in eastern Texas, and then she finds out her two-year college might lose her accreditation. And I, I love that was that. funny, let's right? The blocks from the bottom, let's pull the blocks from the bottom row of my Jenga tower. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love yeah. that, too. 
Uh, I have yeah, I'm excited. Of... Oh, go, go ahead, Jeff. Go right ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to say. I'm... Go... go ahead. No, go, Pastor Ron, go. Oh, I, I'm, I was just, I'm excited to see what God's going to do because he's really teaching her to depend on him every day. Yep. You know, uh, plans are, are great. Our flesh loves them. But uh, there are some people that God says, you know what? I don't think we're going to have any plans. You're just going to follow me. And <laughs> and I'm excited to see what the Lord is going to do. <laughs> Go ahead, Jeff. Amen. And you, you help, and you guys held her when she was a baby, too. I mean, she's been oh, yes. there since, that's just amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And and the fact that she's been there longer since Pastor Ken, I mean, we were supposed yeah. to. Yeah, that she all. made that point clear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I have a tender subject. I just want to tell you about it, and then I'll hang up and ask you all to, to comment on it. So I, I'm in a pretty unique job situation where there's only three men in my office, and we handle all these hospitals around San Antonio. So we do a lot of driving, and and over the past few years, we've had a really good team of the same three guys, and. It's a great mix. There's there's a black guy, there's a Hispanic guy, and then there's the awkward guy, which is me. And <laughs> and they're both they come from Catholic backgrounds, so they really have the you know and they're like traditionalists. They don't know anything about the Bible. So over the past couple of years I've been able to pray with them and uh, I've taught them how to like, hey, look, if something comes up we'll just stop and pray. Right there in the spot. And, and, and we're growing together in that way. Um, but uh, because we're in traffic a lot, we see all these just awful things happen, you know, awful traffic, traffic accidents even around San Antonio. And so we always are very, you know, we always say goodbye to each other and tell each other to be careful when we go out on the road. And just Friday, just Friday we were having a conversation, and I shared with them what James said about life being a vapor or a mist. And how life is like the flowers of the field and the wind blows over it. You don't, you don't, you know, it's, they're gone. And on Sunday, uh, one, of, one of the guys called us and said, well, my brother was just killed in a, in a car crash in, mm. in Long Island, my only brother. And then two hours later, he called us back just absolutely out of control. My stepson, my wife's son, was just shot to death in, in Richmond, Virginia. So my my coworker is dealing with two two deaths in his family within a couple hours of each other, and he's going to be gone for a couple of weeks. So I'm the one he's going to come back to and want to talk about it. And he, he's he's he claims to be saved, but he doesn't know the Bible at all. So he'll ask me questions out of the blue, like, "Hey, do you, does the Bible say anything about?" Uh, reincarnation. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> no, no, no. We have to study the Bible. We have to read the Bible. But I really need to be sensitive with him about this, and I know you two have been through this many times. So I'm wondering if you could just coach me a little bit to be prepared for him when he comes back to work. And first, apart from loving on him and, and just, you know, just being compassionate with him, where do I go now? And I'll, I'll, yeah. take, I'll take your answer offline. Thank Love you, guys. Jeff. See you later. Thank you. Love you. Now, for, most important thing, Jeff, and you know this, and you'll do it well. Weep with those who weep. Yeah. Just put your arms around him and 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 share in his grief. Um, the other thing, and, and this is the, the the only place that I would take somebody in a situation like this is to Luke chapter sixteen. And and this is an idea, um, you know, not knowing what the eternal fate of the people that that died in his family were, would be. Um, you can say, this is what they would say to you. And Luke chapter 16, of course, is a story. It's not a parable. It's a story of Lazarus and the rich man. And the rich man was in torment. And the one thing that he wanted when he found out there was no possible way to go from one place to the other, um, he said, well, well, at least send somebody to, to tell my family, my brothers. Um, and, and uh, of course, the answer was, no, nobody can leave here. Nobody can go to them. Um, they wouldn't believe even if a man were to raise from the dead. So the the point of all that is your family member, if they could speak to you right now, the the desire of their heart, the cry from their heart would be, please believe in Jesus because he's real and eternal torment is real and, and it's just Jesus. So Luke chapter 16, Jeff, I'm sure you'll do a great job with that. Sorry, express to him that we're sorry for his loss as well, losses, 
and um, uh, we'll be praying for you to have an effective ministry. Let's go to Canyon Lake and talk with Marisha on line one. Marisha, thank you for calling. You're on the air. Hi, Pastor Ron. Hi, Mama Paula. I had Hi, a sweetie. Um, <laughs> do you guys think that godly dream interpreters still exist to this day? Um, I, 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 I do. Uh, I think it's different than like... Um, uh, Joseph's dreams or Daniel's dreams, um, but I, I do. I, I think Marisha, what what it turns out to be is sort of uh, like the gift of prophecy. Um, there, I, I have a, a woman in our church uh, who um, is, a, is a very active dreamer herself, and uh, I was sharing with her a dream uh, that that I had one time, and um, a couple weeks goes by and she. She uh, comes up to me at church and talks to me. She says, well, well, have you thought about maybe this, what the dream means? And she wouldn't think this is what God says. But but, but I think her interpretation of the dream was right on the money. So I do think they exist. I, again, I think the application of it is a little bit different than we see in the Old Testament. Um, but uh, the one thing to remember about dreams is that if a dream comes from the Lord, he wants you to know what that dream means. And uh, what we have to do is be patient enough to wait until the right time. Often with dreams, Marisha, the dream comes and you're not ready for the interpretation yet. And so God will wait and then a time will come when suddenly you're aware of the interpretation of that dream. And you say, okay, that's you are preparing me for this very thing. So, yeah, I do think dream um, dreams can be interpreted. I think some people have that gift, and I liken it to either a word of knowledge or the gift of prophecy in in the um, in the New Testament. Does that help? Okay, thank you, Marisha. Give our give our love to your family. Uh, bye bye. Bye. So yeah. teenager. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so cute. Um, the other thing is with godly with dreams. She did. She said godly dream, and that's the thing. If it, the interpretation is going to have to line up with scripture. Mm-hmm. It can't be one of those, you know, like. Yeah, um, I should have said that. Thank you. What you usually do. Um, that's. Uh, it's going to line up with scripture. It's you know I had a dream about. Um, some some guy in my life or something like that, and. It's got to line up with scripture is what I'm saying. We we have to really be careful with dreams because a lot of times we can have a dream just because we stayed up too late or we were influenced by a movie that we saw. We ate something wrong because we all dream. Some some don't dream. Some have nightmares. <laughs> and praise the Lord that nightmares, uh, for the most part, are just really bad dreams that don't come true either. Um, so you've got to be super extra careful uh, with with dreams, and usually it's probably best to ask the Lord to give you the interpretation because we can go to people um, and and the, the gifts you know God gives as he wills, and so just like with the gifts of healings, it's not a person who you can go to and say, "Pray for me, lay hands on me, and heal me no the the one who gave you the dream just like um, Joseph, when he was in in prison, waiting around, he says, "I don't, I don't interpret the dreams, but I know the God who does." And so, and Daniel said the same thing. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, um, and Marisha, this is for you if you're still listening. Uh, what Paula just said is really important. If you have a dream, uh, rather than than go to somebody else and ask what the interpretation is, ask God yourself. And that's why I said, be patient. He wants you to know what it means. And at just the right time, you'll have it. But I think, uh, you know, depending on the kind of dream, um, uh, a dream that comes from God is going to be edifying, it's going to be instructive, or it's going to be an answer to a situation that you're either facing or are going to face. Yeah. Um, you know, we when I was in Bible college, we had a lot of young ladies and, and young men who said, well, I had a dream and God showed me that you were going to marry me. And, and, you know, that's nonsense. Those are, those are not dreams from God. So um, I hope that makes sense. Yeah. Paula, we're inside three minutes. What's on your heart? Okay. So 
as... And who's next for Sweet Summer Devotion? Uh, Barbara Arispe. Mm. Now we go from 18-year-old to not 18-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> if Barbara's listening, she would appreciate that. Yeah, but I, I, I'm expecting... This has just been a spectacular year. It just The Lord's doing great things. So, um, But you said at the, at the rest of your introduction... When you surrender to the plan of God, you never know where he will take you. Kite string. (laughs) (laughs) But let him storm your heart. God has so much more and better for us than we we have for ourselves. And um, I'm going to share with the ladies who are coming to my house tomorrow um, that the Lord was saying, prepare for you to prepare Calvary Chapel San Antonio for more and different ministry. And we're going to kind of talk about that a little bit because um, when you surrender to the plan of God, you never know where he will take you. And man, we pray all the time, Lord, I don't want to miss a thing. And we sing that song, where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. Where You know, who you love, I'll love. I will follow you. And so if we are truly surrendered to the Lord, just like Joseph got to He said, okay, this is happening. All right, you allowed it, Lord. What do you want to teach me? That's where I was going when you said, keep that thought. What do you want to teach me in this? You know, you always say this, just be with Jesus. Okay, I'm going to just be with Jesus in the pit. I'm going to just be with Jesus in the prison. You got a plan. Cool. As we sign off, um, Hindle, you and Mike have been in my heart, been praying. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the Date Day edition of The Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And I'll be back, Lord willing, tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630, The Word. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4. And Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. God is the word to stand on.